So hey, Laura, I'm Susan Gorman. I'm an intuitive counselor in Exeter, New Hampshire. And I'm Laura Bricker, and I am part of Crime Writers On, but I also might have morphed into a cat mm. at this point in the pandemic. Meow. And welcome to Everyday Intuition. Okay, I want credit, first off, for coming to the amazing epiphany that you turned into a cat, like a couple days ahead of you actually publicly coming out as a cat. Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, I will have written my column in the newspaper where I say, I think I've morphed into a cat watching mm -hmm. the birds. Yep. So that's why we are close friends, because I understand who you are. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just embarrassed that I didn't realize it sooner. You know, I haven't started dressing like a cat yet, but um, I have been known to now spend most of my evenings with just the cats and no people. So I think it's sort of part of the process. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But speaking of bird watching and cats, and I'm looking at your very pretty blue shirt, and you're, I, I'm thinking of your homework, and it's reminding me of some things I've seen in my yard. So I'm wondering what birds did you see and identify? I'm wondering if this is just an opportunity for you to show off about all your sightings. So I will give you that because it is pretty thrilling. I have an app that I use and I have some of my sightings logged. So what I want to tell you is that we also had bluebirds at the house. Oh. But I saw a bluebird pair, male and female, in a tree up in Maine. Oh. And this was on January 25th. It was amazing because we were just on our morning walk and we were just walking by and all of a sudden I looked up into a tree and there they were and they're similar but they're also distinct you know from each other that was really a high point I my first thought was I can't wait to tell Laura <laughs> and then so then I also have to tell you about my slam dunk but do you want me do you want me to save that until you tell me some of the things that you've seen yeah well oh my gosh so i'm looking out my window now so it's been a big week because for most of the winter we've had i hate to say the boring birds but we've had the same old same old chickadee junko tufted titmouse nuthatch all of a sudden this week now i have three bluebirds i have six morning doves and today i about lost my mind because a it looks like an immature female goldfinch has arrived wow so it's so exciting, but I've also gone a little crazy on my food. I've just learned that peanut butter, mm -hmm. like the peanut butter suet, is like the magnet for the birds. So what's your slam dunk, okay. though? So I'm looking at this bird. Okay. It's not, you know, I'm looking through all the pictures, two different apps, all that stuff. I keep wanting it to be a junko, right? Because there's a bit of variety there. Nope. Can't find a picture of it. So the one app, you put in the colors and the size, and it gives you a whole bunch of choices. And I start scrolling through mm -hmm. the different pictures for the pine grosbeak. Ooh. And guess what? The juvenile looks very similar to the one that I saw. So I can't say for sure because it took a long time for me to figure it out and it could have been something different, but I think I saw a young male pine grosbeak at my feeder. That's pretty exciting. It is exciting. 
Well, I think we should keep up this bird watching for the winter because, you know, there's so many people that are into bird watching. When I was buying bird food the other day, they were telling me they've just been inundated and they sell out because so many people are feeding the birds. So we're definitely not alone. And it's, it's kind of a nice pastime. It's like we're living in a bird snow globe right now. Now, listen, I'm so grateful that you assigned me this as my homework. So this is season two of Everyday Intuition, and we're doing our special theme, Breaking Through the Fog, and each episode covers something different in terms of breaking through that fog that may be clouding your intuition. And this week, one of the topics you sent was stress and how Mm -hmm. stress impacts the fog. And I'm hoping we can find out how it impacts the fog, but also what we can do about it if we realize that stress really is affecting us that way. I really am excited to talk about this because I think that stress could be possibly the number one interference frequency with people's intuition. Mostly mostly anxiousness or fear and stress-related stuff to that. But I also think that what I am observing in friends, loved ones, and clients is that as we, you know, round our first lap, we're heading into the first anniversary of the burgeoning awareness of what a global pandemic is. And the first week in March is when I know you and I around here went into lockdown, you know, but people were already talking about it in January and February because it was going on in other parts of the world. And I think that I'm seeing something happening in all of us where we just have this cognitive fatigue that comes from really, really, prolonged stress. You see it oftentimes when someone is caring for a sick relative or they've lost somebody and they've been grieving for a while, but it's really marked the stuff that I'm seeing. Not everybody who listens to us lives in a cold climate, but I also think that the winter has a lot to do with it too. Being stuck indoors is not as bad when you haven't had to do that you know, the rest of the year, right? But everything is more pronounced. And I think we're seeing something like a cabin fever. So it makes you foggy, makes you sleepy. And it's not the kind of physical fatigue either. It's like a mental kind of fatigue. Yeah. What I think happens is that you start to walk that fine line between being utterly human and just having a lot on your plate that you need to deal with. And also being a spiritual being and receiving inspiration and intuition, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two ways that it can happen. I've seen people who under who are under extreme stress for a very long time just kind of turn away from their intuition. Like it's not working. I'm not hearing anything. It feels foggy. And then all of a sudden something pops up. It's almost like trying too hard to surmount the stress and the fog is what's caused it. And all of a sudden there's a release and more information is able to come through the channel. And I've also seen that people get very clear during these times of stress. You've heard me talk about, you know, I'm not commuting to Boston anymore, no more high heels, sweatpants forever. I'm not living one more day without a dog, you know, let's get married. Lots and lots of people are very, very, clear when they're clear 
And I think that there was probably a lot of stuff building up for people in year one of the pandemic. So all of those things kind of popped to the surface like bubbles. And those are all things that have been alive and well and intuitive, but maybe we weren't ready to face them. Mm -hmm. But then I see that there are things that take time for us to think about and work through. And so now we're going even deeper and we don't always know how to sit with something long enough for it to become really, really clear. So we do these cycles where we're like, God, I'm feeling yucky again about X, Y, or Z. Where's, you know, where's my intuition? Come on, any day now, let's, you know, tell me what to do. But life is most powerful when it is a teacher through experiential learning, right? And maybe it's just not time to know everything yet. And so, you know, my recommendation during that time is that allow yourself to cope with the stress and take care of yourself as a human being. The answers actually are on their way to you, right? But you trying to not be stressed out when you are isn't going to make that process feel better. You know what this reminds me of? A friend of mine who manages people at work has been talking about managing employees in the pandemic and mental health. And her approach right now is flat is the new up. Like Mm. if you're at work, this isn't the time to go like gangbusters and Mm -hmm. do all this new stuff. Like she's like, because you need to take better care of yourself and your mental health right now, you need to just, you know, not do, just kind of go along. Don't do anything too crazy because a lot of us are just sort of surviving at this point. You know, I know in my life, like I'm usually doing like 30 different things at once and actually slowing down. You feel guilty when you're that kind of person, but it's Mm -hmm. actually really beneficial because of kind of what you're talking about with that sort of cumulative mental fog fatigue that as we're nearing this, I mean, one year, I can't believe it. Right. You know? So, you know, the thing is, too, you have to remember that last year was full of adrenaline. I think that our response to stress is usually to produce adrenaline. And a lot of people get hooked on that lift, right? So that they tend to characterize things in their lives as stressful when maybe they aren't, right? These are people who tend to be more like more on the drama queen end of the Mm -hmm. spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a little zap that you get from that boost of adrenaline if you think about everything that happened to us individually and collectively last year it was constant adrenaline right yeah and there were people who when the pandemic first started you know were like i'm in my pajamas i've been in my pajamas for three days you know i think i brushed my teeth today but those people were reacting to the stress in a non-adrenalized way but there were a lot of us that are like clean all the closets you know, reorganize the kitchen. I haven't cleaned the fridge. You know, like we just, I am definitely one of those people who just got busy, right? Mm -hmm. Because that adrenaline lifts your mood, right? Yeah. And sharpens your perception on a lot of things. It's what it's designed to do. It's designed to keep you from getting eaten by a dinosaur or, you know, similar, (laughs) similar stressful situation. But we're burned out. We don't have, you can't sustain that. And so now what's happened is we've turned the corner. And we're like, wow, we've got another year yeah. <laughs> of adjusting ourselves and learning about ourselves and having things not even go our way. And, 
you know, and so what you see are some people who are kind of like getting really dreamy mm-hmm. into the future. A lot of people are getting into manifesting. I'm just going to tank out on positive thoughts about the future. And all of it is designed to cope with stress, mm-hmm. the stress of being utterly human. You know, my feeling about it is that most of us could do with some slowing down. Yeah. I didn't make too terribly big of a deal about it, but I tripped over my own feet in December and broke my nose. That day, I remember I was trying to get so many things done and I was racing around. I was not in my body. I am a huge klutz, by the way, or reformed klutz. And since that wake up call, I can count the amount of bruises that I've had on one hand. And I used to have them everywhere all the time. I didn't even know where they came from. I bruise really easily, but you know, it was this constant like value added if I raced and crammed and did all that stuff. But we have to figure out what are we really using our intuition for? Like, is it is it a race to nowhere? If you're using your intuition to just keep you headlong in forward motion, mm-hmm. I think that this is probably just a huge release, this fog. It's, it's, it's really about learning how to slow down and not go back into panic. As you're talking, I'm thinking like a really good use of intuition now, if you're, you know, in this fog and in the stressful places, using your intuition to ask yourself, what do you need during this time from a mental health, sanity saving, taking care of yourself standpoint, instead of like using your intuition, like I'm always like, I want the big answers and like the big Mm -hmm. reveal more like, okay, how am I going to help myself? What is going to help me at this point? What is going to enrich me at this point to get me to a place where I'm kind of feeling a little bit less overwhelmed by pandemic life? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I do. And I also think that one of the things I'm working with a lot of people on is what got left behind before the pandemic in your life? Were you not living fully into that now pandemic life is giving you a chance to go, whoa, wait a minute, you know, Mm -hmm. those are intuitions too. And I promise every single person who is listening to this podcast, and I will promise this over and over and over again, but you are going to say more than once, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would fill in the blank Mm -hmm. or I wouldn't fill in the blank. Yeah. We don't always know how we're being guided with our intuition when it is slow like this, when it is foggy like this. Yeah. I think fog is a really good metaphor too, because when you can't see, you have to kind of go on faith. We talked about this last time that fog can serve a purpose too. Mm A lot of things about the pandemic are about picking things up that got left behind as well as clarifying. And you need slow time to be able to identify those things. So that's how your intuition actually is working, even if it doesn't give you, you know, super de duper ahas with sparkles and glitter and all that stuff. We love those ones. But there's also a sense of how are you going to direct your life if you're not racing around all the time? Mm-hmm. So that's one point I want to make about stress. And the other thing is, I, I think that learning how to live a calmer life is not easy because of how our lives have changed in the last 20 or 30 years. And so it probably doesn't feel that great to get out from underneath it at first. 
you know, the last thing that I was promising, and I, and I stand by this, is every single one of our listeners and every single person that I know and love, I know is going to say, if it weren't for the pandemic, I would mm -hmm. fill in the blank, or if it weren't for the pandemic, I wouldn't fill in the blank. We are living something that we will be able to look back on and go, oh God, there it is. Mm -hmm. That's the day I made that decision. I had no idea. I just knew it felt right. Mm -hmm. You know, taking care of yourself when you are stressed, is your coworker is absolutely right. It's mm -hmm. absolutely priority one. And I love that phrase. Flat is the new up in the pandemic. Flat is the new up. Yep. What happens when we get a chance to let go like that? Yeah. This is like the perfect segue because we have a listener question for so Ask the Intuitive. And it's actually relates a lot to stress. So this came from one of our crossover listeners, which is also very exciting, Laura Dapkus. And this is what Laura wanted to know about. Uh, Ever since the pandemic, I've been having very vivid dreams about disorganization. The most common one is that I've enrolled in college, but when it's the day to start school, I don't know when or where my classes are. Sometimes days and days have passed and I've missed attending classes. I know I've missed three algebra classes, but don't know what the right date is. I can't locate the registration office to get a copy of my schedule. Either I can't find the office, the line is too long. In real life, I would just log in and look it up, but I went to college before the internet, and so her dreams are kind of the same way. So she's wondering, why is she having this dream? And I have to tell you, I have a very similar dream. My version is very similar, only it's like my schedule is in my locker and I can't remember the combination to get into the locker and I can't get to the classes because I've put everything in there and it's the same thing and I'll, I'll get to like the end of the semester and realize I never went to this class except for one time or something. Well, first of all, Laura, thank you so much for submitting a question. Also, I love dreams. I love dream interpretation. It's one of my absolute favorites things to do. So that's awesome. I do want to say that I'm going to approach this not the way a psychologist would. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sure there are lots and lots of people that have already weighed in on this very common scenario in dreams, right? What I get from your dream, and I think she said she's had it repeatedly, right? I just want to say that organizing is a way that we attempt to master our environment. I have been very clear that my pandemic activity that I love possibly more than any others is cleaning my house. And it's because I give myself uninterrupted time to do everything and get the entire house exactly the way I wanted. It's not everybody's thing, <laughs> clearly. And you know, maybe I should talk to a psychologist about how compulsive I am about it, but for five minutes when I'm done, the angels sing in my house, but it's been like an emotional release for me because what it does is it helps me kind of organize my energy, right? And concentrate it the way I want it to be concentrated and focus it the way I want to be focused. So what I wanna say about this dream though, is that what it feels like to me is that there is a part of yourself that is trying to talk to another part of yourself. Oh she says it she says that she would just 
log on and get the information, right? But that isn't what's happening in the dream. The part of herself that is anxious because she's missing out is trying to get guidance and assisted from herself who is the dreamer. Oh. I hope that's clear. Yeah. The other thing is, I just want to say I really commend you for taking algebra. <laughs> Maybe the message in the dream is don't. <laughs> but algebra is also a very fascinating language. Math is a language. It's about how to put infinite concepts into a finite form so that we can communicate. That's the other part of the dream is that she's not getting to her algebra class. And I think it's because maybe there's another kind of language that she needs to learn. Oh, so then there's this last piece purely intuitively when structures break down, like when we're not organized, when we are foggy, when we can't figure out how to do things, even if it's in a dream, because in a dream, everything is emotionally heightened. And I always direct people to pay attention to how they feel about it. Like she could have had this dream and gone, oh, wow, cool. I don't have to go to class anymore. I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to like leave this class, right? But if she's anxious about it, it means that there's something that she wants to accomplish. This is going to sound a little bit like a cheap shot, but what I would say is before you go to bed for a couple of weeks, tell yourself that you'll remember your dreams just a few times before you fall asleep. And if there's a particular dream like this that you've been fortunate enough to have on repeat, because it's actually really like poking you on the shoulder, like pay attention to me, pay attention to me, ask your intuition, could you help me out here? I just need some clarification. Make it really clear. What the heck is with the algebra dream? Okay. She says she's been having other dreams, vivid ones about being disorganized. And so what if I'm going at it purely intuitively, my sense is that that part of her that doesn't need to be organized is trying to tell her to let some of that stuff go. That's interesting. Well, we'll have maybe she'll check back in and tell us what happens. That would be exciting to have a follow-up. I hope so. This is a fantastic question. Awesome. Well, Susan, thank you for joining me. And episode two here... Did I get an A on my homework? You did. So we will return in uh, our next episode with more bird news because there's going to be a lot of birds that are going to be coming back soon. So it's going to get very exciting in the bird world. Very exciting. <laughs> it sure is. And maybe we're going to have to start sharing some pictures and stuff. The only problem is, is that where I look at them, there's screens. So any pictures that I take from inside don't look very good. Yeah, same. Um, and also because I make so much noise and I get so excited that I tend to kind of scare them away too. I do too. I can't ever get any good pictures of the birds. This is something that I didn't really ever think that I could do. I don't know why I thought that. I just thought that bird watching was complicated, too complicated. But once I've gotten a few under my belt, so to speak, and I've started to like identify certain ones and read a little bit about them, it's, it's actually not that hard and quite enjoyable. Yeah, it's a nice diversion. So we will talk about it again. I can't wait. Excellent. Thank you for being the homework meister this, this season. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's going to wrap up this episode of Everyday Intuition with Susan Gorman and her guest intuitive in training and sometimes cat, Laura Bricker. If you'd like to send in a question for Susan to answer, you can email her at susan at susangorman.net and we might include it in the Ask the Intuitive section. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can follow Susan at Susan Gorman Intuitive on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter or every week on the podcast, Prime Writers On. And we hope you tune in again next time to this podcast for even more insight into tapping into your own everyday intuition. We should start. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, by the way, I loved how you mixed it up last time. That was awesome. The intro, yeah. I don't know if I told you specifically, it was like the culmination of all my dreams. So that was great. <laughs>